1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee is 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See and, and
0: free agency is like a, I don't know, it's, it's kind of like a turkey and a, and a thermometer. You kind of have to go in See what the temperature is. Evaluate it. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score, okay. That's Scott Boris, and uh, let's hope that the thermometer that the turkey's cooked enough for the thermometer. Yeah, all right. That is uh, him from yesterday. We're delighted to welcome in uh, Tony Androcki now joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline is. Uh, Tony Androcki from the Marquee Sports Network. Download the Circa Sports app today. Tony, good morning. How you doing? Hey, I'm
2: doing great. How are you guys?
0: Doing well. We enjoyed hearing uh, from well not so much Scott Boris, but definitely from uh, from uh, Bellinger, and and uh, I thought that it was you know great the way that um, that they kind of sat there, introduced him, talked about you know he was. He was kind of champing at the bit. Wanted to get back into camp. Wants to play baseball. I loved what he what he said about how close they were last year. He said it's almost the same team. Um, what was your take from seeing Bellinger back with the Cubs and what that means for this season?
2: Well, I think first off, uh, you said. Not so much from Scott Boris, but I mean, you were laughing at that turkey baster line and uh, and thermometer, and I was laughing too. And then I laughed even harder when I saw how much Bellinger was laughing at it. And then Jed was cracking up too. So I thought, I mean, Boris had a pr- pr- couple pretty good like one-liners throughout the the press conference that I liked a lot too. But yeah, I mean, Bellinger, my one of my main takeaways from it was just that. It really feels like one that he wanted to be back here and and he made it happen and worked with his agent to make it happen, worked with Jed to make it happen. But I think also that he and the Cubs feel like they have unfinished business here. And that was what I I really kind of took away from it is they, you know, he was talking about how close they were last year, you know, the one game away and all of that. He really, really feels motivated and, and seems genuine in that, that he's motivated to like get the Cubs back to the playoffs. So it reminded me a ton of, The Dexter Fowler thing eight years ago when he walked in the, you know, in the middle of spring training and it was because of unfinished business. And that was the term that we heard so much in 2016. I'm not saying the Cubs are going to win the world series this year. I'm just saying it reminds me a lot of like adding that one almost final piece to the roster because of the unfinished business and bringing the the group back together.
1: Tony, I got to ask though, why was Scott Boris even there? Tom Ricketts had to have signed off on it. Jared Hoyer. Had to sign off on it. Yeah, he had a couple good one-liners. He's always good for that. He is a powerful agent. We all understand that. He's not a Cubs executive. I just wondered why was he there.
2: <laughs> I I don't know the exact answer to that. Um, I know that he's been at a lot of his you know top clients press conferences over just the past couple of years throughout other teams as well. So, um, but I don't I don't know for sure why he was there and. Uh, it is a little unusual to see the agent up at the table alongside the player, alongside the the Cubs executive. But, you know, the agents are always there. You know, I I think of when uh, Saya signed, like his agent was there and ended up holding court and uh, had like a media scrum after. It just wasn't at the table with everybody else.
0: I I know there was a lot of jokes, and and there was a a very funny kind of double take toward uh, Jed when the question was asked about if, you know, there's going to be another – Move with uh, with a Boris client for the Cubs and 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 all of that. Now I've read it a couple different ways. Somebody wrote a story saying the Cubs are thirty million below the uh, tax barrier, and someone wrote they're about five million below the tax barrier. Regardless, and I know Jed was asked this, but do you believe they're done now? Do you believe this is the roster, and you're moving forward, and you got? The new manager and what he can do with the younger players, or do you think there is a possibility, how, however uh, unlikely, that they they could try to grab another one of these uh, short term deals with a, a Boris client?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm a little pessimistic on any sort of sh- like Boris client or major acquisition like that. Mm. I, I'm not saying I would rule it out completely, but I just think that uh, for the most part, this team is done, and, and I think they like they're pitching depth and stuff a lot in terms of, you know, adding one of those guys. Uh, And so I I wouldn't necessarily say like a Montgomery or Snell seems super likely there, you know, but, uh, or possibly even Matt Chapman, I I guess, I feel like Chapman's, you know, uh, what, a year or two older than Bellinger. So he may be even more motivated to look for a long-term contract right now versus something like what Bellinger just signed. So I, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm not really optimistic on any of those three guys particular, but for the Cubs, I do think for the most part, like they are done. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up adding another reliever. Uh, Maybe it's, you know, a guy that, that isn't, um, you know, super highly touted or anything like that, but just another guy to add bullpen depth, particularly from the left side. I think the way the Cubs look at this overall though, is they have a full 40 man roster and even to get Bellinger on the 40 man roster, they had to trade away Bailey Horn, a left-handed young reliever that they really like, but they had to trade him to the White Sox. Get another young pitcher in return, so they they look at it as like a trade. They would have to trade one of the guys that they like off their 40-man roster in order to upgrade for somebody else. So anybody else that they would sign. So I think that's just kind of the way they look at it. And like you said, given that they're gonna be close, I think to the luxury tax, um, I'm not so sure on some of these guys. But then again, you know who knows? I, maybe things change. Maybe it gets longer into spring training here and some of these other guys are like yeah fine I'll take like a one-year deal and then the Cubs come back into play so I'm not saying it's particularly likely um, but I do think that there are maybe some things left on the table depending on how stuff shakes out.
1: Whether in style or approach what's been the most noticeable difference in Craig Council's spring training than previous ones in Mesa Tony and has he corrected one of your questions yet?
2: (laughs) (laughs) He has not no uh (laughs) So I mean, I just got down here yesterday after his scrum, so I'm gonna, you know, talk to him now. Uh, he has not corrected any of my questions as of yet. Uh, just in general, whenever I've talked to him, you know, at convention or uh, his introductory press or anything like that. So uh, we'll see. I'm sure I'll get one at some point. Um, but I think the the most noticeable difference for me is just like the fresh eyes approach to it all. You know, this is a guy who had his opinions, his own thoughts on the the Cubs organization from playing against them and trying to beat them for so long and now to come over. And and I think that that's really interesting, but also really valuable too of like, you know, he knows what a guy like Hayden Wisniewski who's a young pitcher uh, can do to be successful. And, you know, a guy who hasn't like fully uh, realized maybe that potential yet at the big league level, or a guy like Albert Alzelay, who has filled a bunch of roles and pitched against the Brewers in a bunch of roles. And, you know, now he was the closer last year. Like, But does Council take a fresh approach? I I don't know for sure that Azalea is is the closer this year or not. So I think it's just like a ton of things like that. But I think that that can also be really valuable, too, when you're talking about a group of, honestly, a lot of young pitchers, but young players in general that will have an impact. And I think maybe the most noticeable thing could end up being Christopher Morrell. Like, does he stick at third base? And if he does, is it because they decided like, hey, let's work him out for sure at one position all spring? which is not something they've done in the past. And, you know, how much does, does his counsel's experience seeing these players, his experience as one of the top managers in the game, but also his experience as a utility player who won a lot in his big league career as a front office executive. Like, how does all of this come into play in his perspective? So uh, it's one thing that I'm going to continue to watch throughout spring for sure. He's
0: Tony and Andracchi from the Marquee Network, and we were talking earlier, you got to love – the stuff that Bellinger said about Pete Crow Armstrong, you know, he loves the kid. He, he has a good relationship with him. He's a really good kid. His presence, however, would seemingly indicate that um, that maybe the best move the Cubs could make would be sending him to Iowa so he can work on his hitting, etc. Or do you believe in the idea that Pete Crow Armstrong could be a uh, a valuable piece as a as a late inning defensive replacement that would allow a Bellinger to be a late inning uh, defensive replacement at first base. I mean, do you, how do you view Pete Crow Armstrong's role on this team with Bellinger back as the starting center fielder?
2: Well, yeah, like you said, I mean, Bellinger spoke so highly of him, but I think the main takeaway for me there was the fact that they continued a conversation throughout the off season, which Bellinger said, you know, he, he spoke with PCA, throughout the offseason, obviously, even before he re-signed with the Cubs. So I think that's valuable like leadership, and that's something that PCA can learn from and, and take moving forward. I mean, what better guy to learn from as him you know, to, than Bellinger? So I think that's huge. But, yeah, as for his role, I mean, if, if PCA is going to be up here in the big leagues, it's going to be, I think, to play a majority of the time. Maybe not every single day, but I don't think it serves him well, a guy that, by all accounts, has a bright future as a big leaguer. I don't think it serves him well to be just a defensive replacement or mostly a defensive replacement or pinch runner. So I I think that if he were to make the opening day roster, which is certainly possible, maybe seems a little more unlikely now that Bellinger is back in the fold. I think it would be because he would play a bunch. And I I do think that the, the DH question is something that lingers, that is a possibility of a path to playing time. Like, you know, it could be that Michael Bush is, you know, he hasn't played a ton of first base in the pros he has in college, but like maybe he struggles there or the Cubs like his versatility. He could play second or third, you know, he's dabbled in the outfield as well. Like maybe there's that option. Like we said, Christopher Morrell, you know, can always go to go to DH as well. Bellinger can get, you know, a half day off in DH. So I do think that there could be a path to playing time for like PCA if he were on the big league roster. But I think, right now it looks like a Mike Talkman is a guy who could either fill a DH role, mm. be a fourth outfielder type of guy, uh then PCA right now, the veteran bat, a guy who could lead off, all that kind of stuff. That's the way I'm looking at it, but things can change throughout camp and really the the arrival of Bellinger now means that the Cubs just need Bush or PCA to hit. They need to hit on one of those two guys in spring and go into the year feeling confident about that whereas Previously, they needed both of those guys, essentially. They need to hit on both of them and feel confident and comfortable with both of them on the big league roster. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: You have 47 new voicemails.
1: Is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. There's a lot of chirping in the division from the Reds and from other, maybe the Cardinals are confident. But, Tony, when you look at it, you're right. They only need one of those two rookies to hit. But are the Cubs better than last year? Because you lose Candelario, you don't have Stroman. You have Bellinger coming back, certainly. You have Imanaga you in the rotation. But are they better, do you think? And if so, why?
2: I do think that they're better for a couple different reasons. Like, one, I, it, you, Jed pointed to this a bunch, and the Cubs talked about the whole, uh, like, performing not performing very well in high leverage moments. So, they're by the run differential, all that stuff. They should have won 90 games last year. Now, they are what their record says they are. So they won 83. They missed the playoffs by one game. That that's what actually happened. But I think the team on the field was a team that was capable of winning up to 90 games last year. So. If you're bringing back most of that crew, obviously Strowman's the one really big loss there. But I think Imanaga can possibly put up you know similar numbers. The Cubs are very hopeful for that. But I also just like the the pitching depth and some of these young guys that are coming in. You know whether it's Jordan Wicks or Javier Assad or Hayden Wisniewski, who I mentioned, or you know Caleb Killian's looked good this spring. He's a guy that I think some people have forgotten about. Uh, there's probably one or two other guys in there for sure. But you know, then there's Drew Smiley around and then is Cade Horton come up at some point? Does Ben Brown help out? Uh, some of these other youngsters like Matt Shaw's looked good. Does he help at some point this year? Does Michael Bush take that next step that the Cubs think he can? I think there are a lot of ifs for sure. There are there are a lot of question marks. But I do feel pretty confident the Cubs can be better than last year because of the council effect, because I think they got unlucky and performed poor in high leverage moments last year, which is randomness, you know, it could turn very, very easily for this season. And I just like their overall, like, pitching picture that – and these some of these young guys that can, like, help take the next step this season.
0: I know the candidates, and I know they're going to use the DH position to move a lot of guys around and everyone gets an opportunity, et cetera. But did they have a DH? Is there anybody in particular that you would say is going to line up there more often than not?
2: No, that is a really good question. I don't know who that would be. You know, they have a couple of these minor league signings. Uh, David Peralta and Dom Smith are two guys who can certainly factor into that mix, but they're both coming off a couple of injuries and uh, surgeries and stuff from the off season. So there's no, I, I don't think either of them are going to be ready by opening day. Maybe there's like an outside chance of it. Uh, But also that goes back to the 40-man roster we were talking before. They would need to clear a spot on the 40-man for one of those guys. Same with Garrett Cooper, you know, who's another minor league signing. So I think those guys may be in at some point, maybe whether that's like April or May. Uh, But, yeah, right now, I I don't know. It could be like a Talkman. It could be just a rotating spot where Council gives some guys like a half day off and, you know, maybe Talkman plays right field and say, a DHs or something like that. I think there are a lot of options, but – there's no one guy that I would point to and be like, "Yeah, this guy is going to be the DH more often than not."
0: Great stuff, Tony. Thank you, buddy. Great catching up.
2: Thanks, Tony. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, guys.
0: That's Tony Androcki from the uh, Marquee now.
1: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone
0: 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.